This show may contain naughty language and explicit content. You have been warned. Welcome to Facehammer, an Age of Sigmar podcast. Bringing you product reviews, news from the UK tournament scene, as well as some pro hobby tips. So stay tuned and get ready for some hammer to your face. Welcome to Facehammer, episode 67. It's me, Rust the and I'm joined by Les, the Shard Fist Martin. And very special guest and current Age of Sigma master, Jack Armstrong. Evening. Not for much longer. <laughs> well, if you were going, I'm sure you'd have a good shout at retaining yeah. your title. Well, I think, um, I think the odds have only put me at 1 to 10 of winning through not attendance. So, you know, I'm... I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, so, um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Jack is one of the most successful and prolific players on the Age of Sigmar tournament scene in the UK. And uh, what's your current rank, Jack? First. Number one. There you go. A whole four tournaments last year, so, you know, it's, it's all I can so, do. Got, did you get the 404? <laughs> uh, I, I got 400 just over the year, but then it dropped off slightly to a top 10, I think. Okay, so uh, not quite Slacking. not quite the Morton. For those uh, blasts from the past. Yeah. Well, well te- te- technically, I've done 400 twice, so I'd like to think I have a very slight edge on him. Yeah. <laughs> you put Jack as opposed to the League Morton. I mean, he is League No one knows who he is these days, exactly. right? Yeah. He's not an old boy. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you could probably hear in the background the reason why Jack isn't attending the Age of Sigma's Masters. So, um, obviously, congratulations on your, your new arrivals. Thank you. Um, They're not, troublesome. Not, not quite us from the sky with Gabriel Shaw charge, but uh, a good <laughs> delivery, no matter, <laughs> regardless. So, Fantastic. Jack, it's probably worth, if you just talk a little bit about, you know, a bit, a bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. So, probably, just working out, probably about 28 years. No, it can't be that long. No. How old am no. I? I'm, 30, <laughs> I'm 36. I started playing when I was about 10. No, that's, that's, that's it's getting up there. Um, I got into tournaments about 15 years ago, 16 years ago, and I've loved them since. I'm probably best known through 7th and 8th edition for my Lizardman army of Zulu Dawn, which is long to be remembered and, and hated by most people, including yours truly. Yeah. Uh, and then AOS, mainly kind of through my Stormcast list. I mean, I, I, I won the first AOS Masters with a, a slightly undercosted, broken Chrome <laughs> and slightly. Story, story <laughs> list, which I'm sure some people who went would uh, remember and testify to. But it was uh, especially through, the um, person who lost out to that. Yeah, yeah I remember. Mean, you weren't bitter at all. It was great. I wasn't. Um, I bet I, but, gave, I but, gave you a lot of shit during that game. Yeah, and thankfully, the following year, you did exactly the same to me with a completely undercosted Tomb King's army. So it was, it was slightly tit for tat. <laughs> yeah, well, to be honest, it's uh, revenge is a bit. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was on the cards. I had a point point to prove um and then so, more recently kind of vanguard wing i'm sure which is a list i kind of came up with mostly and started playing which everyone really hated so apologies everyone for that yeah. and yeah, then managed to get away with it just before the faq hit yeah that, that was good timing and then more recently the gav shore charge list which again i started so uh, some people probably really hate me um or probably quite a few because uh, uh yeah so well, you take you it's fair to say you are a gamer and you take like the best thing you could take 
for doing well. Every tournament is to win it. So I try and take a list every time. Because my, my thing is, I, I always like to feel if I'm against someone on a table, I'm never a disadvantage to them on my list. And so if everyone who was going was taking a fluffy list, I would very happily take one. I just would never like to go and sit in someone on you know table one last game and think, oh, why have I bought a soft list and they bought a Uzi? You know, so actually, so I always take the hardest as I can to try and make yeah. it as skill-based as I can. Well, me, me, I mean, I, I sometimes take the edge off because I quite like the. Um, I, sometimes I want to play a certain list, or I just, I just like the the army in general. And it, I know it's not the best, but I just like playing with it. I, I enjoy the experience of playing with it. Fun. Yeah, I've never had that. But you don't do it that way, no. <laughs> so it's a, it's that edge. It's all about the. Uh, but you, yeah, I mean, uh, you probably don't mind me alluding to it, but you're you're kind of competitive in other ways outside the hobby as well, aren't you? Because you, uh, you, you, uh, you do Ironmans. Is that is is that your fitness? You're pretty big on that, aren't you? Yeah, no, I did. Oh, well, I, I do or I did. Unfortunately, children again slightly muted my ability to do lots of that. So um, that, that that was a, a previous uh, to children's thing. I used to do ultra running and Ironman and rowing and all those type of things. And now I just do two small babies suckling through the night. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a different, different form of endurance challenge. Yeah, but, I was going to uh, say, it's probably quite hard to be uh, do all that training and stuff when you've, when you've got that kind of um, disruption to your routine, I guess, would be the yeah. Although well, I'm a happy still, dis- I, disruption, I should, but, you know. well, I don't know about that. I'm still trying to work out how many tournaments I can blag this year. Although my <laughs> wife isn't quite so happy about that. I've, no, I've, I've, got, I've, got, I've got the ETC, and everything else is under negotiation. Yeah. So um, that brings us on to the ETC. So um, you're you're obviously on the on the team, um, and you've been to the ETC before. Yeah, five times, I think, if memory serves. So um, in, it's basically, if anyone who's been, it's just the best events. I wouldn't necessarily say it's the best games of Warhammer or Age of Sigma you'll ever have because of some of the interesting things about the meta and the team event, but just as a, a way to go away with lots of people who love the, the hobby and talking about gaming and enjoying a drink and a social, it's just a pretty awesome experience. And uh, the Serbia ones, I've been to two, and I think you've, you've been to both of them as well, were particularly good, and so it's quite nice. We're going back to Nobby Sad. And also catching up with all the ninth ages who we used to all play a lot of games with and lots of the other international teams who, again, we, we got to know really quite well who didn't really go yeah. into AOS. It'd be nice to see them again. Yeah, it's going to be quite strange because I've not, I've not spent a lot of time with people who, who, who haven't come across to the uh, the round base side uh, over the years. So that'll be really interesting when we're out there. I only did the one um, Serbian ETC. Oh, okay. That was the first one, but yeah, I've I've played in Germany, Poland, and Serbia, and Switzerland. So you were there? No, I didn't do Switzerland. Didn't you? Oh, done, okay. I've only done three because I was a little bit more selective on um on going because sometimes if I, I felt if I didn't think we were going to win the event, I didn't want to bother committing, um, mm-hmm. which might be must sound a little bit arrogant, but um, that was kind of the uh, it's, it's the mentality I there, had. So. so. It's fair. Yeah, uh, and sometimes it was more like um, just logistics and time and yeah. money and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. um, right, cool. So that's a bit about yourself. So thanks for that. And we are going to basically talk about the Age of Sigmar Masters uh, on this show and go through the lists that um, people have. Been, it's been published. There's been obviously some great content already produced out there um, uh, of people's predictions and a lot of buzz about it. So figured who better to uh critique the list is someone who is the current master number one and um who really wished he could be there wishes I mean, he could I, be there so I, uh I, I, 
I've even sent Ben a, a list just in case. I don't know what could really happen in the next week that would allow my wife to suddenly not allow me to be on baby twin duty all night and allow me to come to the Masters. But just in case there's a last minute dropout and so some sort of miracle, some, miracle or happens, you know, some angel comes down and says, I'm going to help look after your babies for two nights. I am there. <laughs> there you go. So uh, we'll see what happens, but um, hopefully I would, I would not. Be, I would be the one daughter of the cane list. <laughs> yeah, we, we're all hoping you don't get that opportunity so uh, <laughs> if i'm honest um okay cool uh so i think we could just go through them in order i guess um yeah. and and just go through the lists uh the lists i'll link to the aos shorts website where these put, published it all because it's such a good rundown of the masters with the pack and everything all the information's there so there's no point me uh collecting that again so what, what i'll do is i put it on the show um, post that you could just link to that to look at that. So if you're listening and you're you want to have a look, then go to AOS Shorts and check it out there. Um, I will we will put a link on on the, on the website as I say. So um, first, I guess we'll start with we just go down in order. So in alphabetical by the looks of it. Yeah. So Andrew Are you Hughes touch on the um, the the different scenarios. I mean, because I think almost the only interesting thing about that, which I think Ben might have said when he was writing them, is they're really different. So you've got stuff like yeah. total commitment, which screws kind of drop lists or eel lists or anything that wants to start off the table. You've got relocation orb, which really ha- kind of helps kind of, I don't know, um, grinding lists. But then you've also got stuff like place of arcade power to help single characters. You've got star strike with something, you know, where you need mobility. So I think he's, what he's, well, my guess is what he's tried to do, even though some of these scenarios like relocation orb is a personal one I really dislike, is he's tried to give a real variety so that no one style of list and also then he's got the clouds of smoke and steam as one of the um, landscapes, to, again, to hurt shooting. So it's meant to be you need a bit of everything to win, which is why we haven't seen too many pure gun lines or pure alpha lists, I think. Yeah, I mean, you've given a nice summary there, but basically it's six games over the weekend. It's all in the realm of fire. Um, always it's no fireball. Uh, one extra spell will be per per battle plan and mission. Um, fire starter um, is the command ability is in play for all missions and i think that's hurt the shooting because that allows you to set a train piece on fire and it will block line of sight and does mortal wounds to the enemy when they move so i know there's been a lot of um talk about um uh sylvan f and the effect that's going to have on them so we'll see how that how that plays out um so yeah like you say a good selection of missions um, some that favor heroes some that favour mobility. Um, some one of the missions I'm glad's in there to affect armies that rely on deploying off the table. Um, so I think it's a, a good mix. So the the ever interesting thing about the masters is they're going to use the hidden agendas, uh, but you can only pick six at the twelve that you have to use. So on your list submission, you had to actually narrow down the missions at the start so you had the selection of all 12 but you got to pick the six you were going to go forward with so um that's kind of interesting because you obviously don't know what people have got so i think it's it was fairly similar across the board with a couple on the edges that are changed Um, one other factor probably to mention is the time um penalties so if you don't finish your game every turn you don't play will lose you tournament points so i think some of the lists when you look at them would be a little bit surprising because i think the time required to play with them 
might actually hurt that list. So it's something to bear in mind when we go through the lists. And also, I think because it's such a small field, you know, if you're normally talking of a tournament with a hundred people in, it's quite easy to not realise that you know, two people to agree that they have they have finished. Whereas mm. I think you know, when there's only eight games going on, it's very easy for you know, well, it's it's very difficult for people to hide the fact that actually they're only on turn two. Yeah, exactly. So um, let's start off from the list. Then let's start off with Andrew Hughes and Fire Slayers. So um, the list is an Auric Rune Father, who's the general. Exemplar of the Ancestor, Obsidian Coronet, Battlesmith with Ignax Scales, which I think is the 4 plus Mortal Wound save. You have to bear with me because Fire Slayers I literally know little about. Um, the Auric Rune Smiter with the Forge Key, uh, the Auric Rune Master, 30 Berserkers, uh, fir- which are half guard Berserkers, I should say, with Pole Axes, 30 Volkite Berserkers with War Picks and Shields, 10 Berserkers with War Picks and Shields. 30 Auric Halfguard and the Lords of the Lodge Formation. Uh, I'm not entirely sure uh, with this list. Um, it's it's Fire Slayers, so I'm, I'm not really that... I don't think it's that good. Um, and I think with the time restrictions as well, it's it's going to be difficult to get that game finished, I think. Um, yeah. Um, Lord of the Lodge is quite good. I mean, it's going to be a one-drop, isn't it, I think, um, with the extra command point. Also, like uh, the thing that always struck me with Lords of the Lodge was that you could modify the um, the priority role, couldn't you, yeah. with heroes in it? Whereas I think the rest of the formation allows you to, to re-roll hits, I believe, on the, the units within the formation. I believe it's hit rolls or wound rolls, one or the other. I can't remember. I would, it was a long time ago that I looked at it all. Um, you know, but it's, it looks like it's... You, 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 Lots of bodies, typical alpha strike with survivable characters, because the yeah. units does the mortal wound save, isn't it, from the realm of fire? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And obviously the units get the four up, and there's a lot of wounds. So yeah. I think basically what will happen is um, he'll get first, take board position with lots of bodies, yeah. And by the time you grind through them, he's so up far up on the scenario, you can't catch him. But I think yeah, the interesting thing though is the two units of half guard because he's got the one combat ones and the one um, fight uh, shooty ones, but neither of them have the mortal wound save, so actually they yeah. die quite quickly. And so normally they get what you used to see was the berserkers screening the shooters, because he's definitely gone for a bit more of a combat list. But I just think it's the fire slayers suffer a bit of just being a bit too expensive now for one wound models, especially with the the, the half guard, which are about a thousand points for the two units, which are just four up save one wound models. So they'll die very quickly and all the stuff out there the grind i just think he's going to come unstuck yeah i think uh, maybe he'll he'll screen like you say screen with the 30 berserkers a big line um but obviously then anything that can kill models from inside the line uh will be a bit of a problem for him um so i don't know it's it's okay i mean it's fire slayers and obviously andy's had good uh, success with that with Fire Slayers in the past. It's yeah. an interesting choice for the Masters. I think it's probably one of the unusual lists to see. Um, I don't know if he has he has other armies that he tends to play, but that's uh, interesting to see Fire Slayers making an appearance. Yeah, I think it could do. I mean, it could. Yeah, like I said, Andy's played a lot with them. Um, like, didn't he come first at Sheffield last year with them? Um, yeah, I think he won Blood and Glory last year. Um, so looking uh, on the AOS Shorts website, he's actually posted the results that get him into the Masters. So yeah, he did come first at Sheffield Slaughter this uh, last year, um, and yeah, he that is with Fire Slayers. Um, 
he did, you know, he, he's played them at Heat one last year as well. Um, didn't have such a good, you know, finish with them that got that, that didn't get him into the Masters. Um, but yeah, I know that he was playing them a lot before then, wasn't he? Because he won Blood and Glory the year before, didn't he? Yeah, and you with, think he's been playing um, Legion of Asgore. Yeah, he's got the best in race cycle, and he's currently ranked 16 in the Masters. Next list uh, we should talk about is um, Ben Savar with his Night Taunt, which is. Uh, Unusual because you thought he'd probably be taking his daughter's a cane as that's where he's yeah. had his success. Um, currently ranked number seven in the rankings. Yeah. So his list is a vampire lord with flying horror. So uh, a knight of shrouds, a tomb banshee with pendant of the fell wind, guardian of souls with nightmare lantern with soul cage uh, with the witch light lantern artifact. A Dreadblade Harrow, who's the general, ruler of the spirit host in the Aether Quartz brooch. Two times 20 chain rasp, 10 chain rasp through his battle line. Then he's got the formation Shrieker host, which has two times five Dread Scythe Harridans and two times 12 Myamorn Banshees. And the endless spells Chromatic Cogs and Prismatic Palisade in the realm of Heish. Uh, Free command points 1930 starting. Um, So this list. To give you a little bit of idea what happens. So the Vampire Lord um is great in Nighthaunt because his command ability is um Bloodfeast, which gives you a plus one attack onto a um death unit within fifteen, I believe, and it lasts into the next hero phase. So it's better than the Knight of Shrouds command ability, which is done triggered at the start of the combat phase for just that combat phase. So it's just a better command ability. Um he also is able to use his um, Deathly Invocation ability to heal the summonable units in Nighthaunt, uh, D3 models in three units, I believe, within 12. Um, and what's good about that is that they're all summonable, basically. So um, it gets you single wound models back. So very nice. Um, Night Shrouds, so, so that's obviously the command ability as well for the stacking. Um, then he's got a Tomb Banshee with Pendant of the Fellwind. Now the Pendant gives you plus three to your move uh, if you start your move within, I think it's wholly within 12 of, of that model. So um, again, it's a way to get across the table. The Guardian Souls Nightmare Lantern obviously can heal. So the Witchlight Lantern uh, gives him plus one to cast, which I guess is trying to help him get the cogs down. Um, Dreadblade Harrow is the general. So the Dreadblade Harrow um, can actually teleport... Um, start of the uh, so then then you can use the spectral recall ability to pull the unit to you, start the movement phase. So it allows him to redeploy units. Um, rule of the spirit host is to add d3 models back into a unit, uh, start of the hero phase. And the Aether Quartz brooch is every time you spend a command ability on a five plus, you get a command point back, um, which is very good for Nighthaunt. I found it very useful when I ran my list, it's what I used to take. Shrieker Host um, basically means you can't use Inspiring Presence. So it's quite good against hordes that aren't immune to Battle Shock. Okay. Are there any of them at the Masters? I'm just trying to think. <laughs> Not really. Um, I think he'll struggle with what's there. But obviously, when he submitted this, he maybe was anticipating. Because even when you have even, daughters, they have Witch yeah. Brew rather than. Yeah. It's an I interesting think... choice. I mean, I think the yeah. list will catch quite a few people out. I mean, it's obvious when we go through it that no one's seen anything really like this on the tournament scene. I think when you go to play against it, the problem is if you've never seen something, you don't know how it plays. 
And so yeah. it and but Ben will know how it plays. So that's obviously a big advantage. And actually, it'd be one of those things. The first time you play it, he'll beat you with it. The second time you'll smash it because you realize the tricks and stuff. But it's all about yeah. whether people are wise enough, fast enough to not get caught out by its tricks. Yeah, I think so. I think he did quite well with it at the team event um, at Warmer World the weekend. He was telling me that he um, I think he won four out of his five games and said it was just uh, really, really flexible. So it, it, I guess it's got movement shenanigans and then with the command points in the vampire lord it can just um, spam a lot of attacks onto any of the units. Can you um do the same unit with the vampire lord's ability more than once? No. Uh but you can do multiple units and then okay. a unit with a night shroud so you can get plus two attacks plus if the Mayamorn unbind they get plus one as well, so that's plus three yeah. attacks. So if both of those units have got plus three attacks that and then ren two damage d3 that's, that's going like, to wipe anything. Yeah. That's going to pretty much kill anything. Um, they do only hit on fours, so that's the, kind of the weakness in it. Mm. And there isn't really many ways to get rerolls. He's got plenty of bodies to screen. Um, I I think it's very easy, if you know, to get rid of the pieces that make this army work. So if you can take out the um, characters, especially the Vampire Lord, um, it kind of... It, kind of loses a lot of its power um it's nighthorn it's okay uh but obviously there's a lot of nighthorn going so the ren 2 kind of becomes a little bit more irrelevant um but nighthorn are a decent army they've they've done well this year i mean they've they've been on a couple podiums um it's a, not a list i've seen before i know i was speaking to maudsley uh earlier in the year about it and we were talking about the shrieker host um as a potential list um so be interested to see how he gets on with it um, yeah, I, I I kind of think if he'd brought his um, daughters, which he's done well with this year, I think he could have you know threatened a top spot. But I think with this, he's going to struggle a bit more looking at some of the other lists there. But then again, I also I've never played against it, and it could surprise lots of people there. So it's always in some ways it's always nice when a new and different list does well. So it'd be nice to see him doing well with it. But I I do think he might come slightly unstuck well, because also the problem is which you sometimes find at the Masters, is because it's such a small group of people, by game mm. two or three, everyone everyone's, told, yeah. everyone's told everyone else what your trick is. So again, if yeah. you go to a 100-player event, you can you can kind of catch five or six people out here. By game three, everyone's going to know most of its tricks and how it plays. So If you kill the two units of Mayamons, the army's got no teeth. Mm. That's the and and they're it. just 12 wounds. With a four-up. Four-up safe, yeah. Which you can obviously screen, and no one's got that much shooting, but... Yeah, I'll be I'll be really interested to see how he gets on. Mm-hmm. Um, so then uh, we come on to our very own uh, Byron Ord. Be Dizzle. Be Dizzle. Uh, with his usual random selection of models. So he's got an anointed on Frostheart, an anointed on Frostheart, a Dragon Lord with the Shield, Dragon Lance, Strategic Genius, and Amulet. Yeah. Um, Skink Star Priest, uh, Battle Mage on Pegasus, uh, three times ten Arcanaut with Skyhooks, three times ten Skinks with Bolt Spitters and Star Bucklers, two times five Kinari Heart Renders, and five Doomfire Warlocks for two thousand points. So Byron doing his best to get the random selection of models, <laughs> as usual. <laughs> so, but I think he's been playing mixed order for a couple of years now. Um, all the units are good. I think adding in the two times five Canari and having the three times ten skinks adds so much to his army. 
Yeah, I agree. They're, um, they're basically he always used to have almost the not so good units to back up his strong ones with the paint that he had painted. Whereas now, actually, the, the heart renders and the skinks are just perfect for objective play. But although, if you look at it, stuff like relocation orb, they're not that handy against, and the three places of power, they're not handy against. So some of these, or even the um, the one where you burn everything. Um, you know, so some of these he could struggle a bit more against. I mean, again, I think it's one of those lists that might come slightly unstuck because he's got the Dragon Lord with Ren 2, and then he's got the, you know, the um, Skyhooks and the Arcanauts. But apart from that, he hasn't got that much killy stuff. I mean, Frosties are amazing for staying alive, and he can do minus one to hit on them with a uh, Star Priest spell. But he hasn't actually got that much offense if you can take down the Dragon Lord with some kind of mortal wound damage, which is only 14 wounds, I think, or 13 yeah. wounds if you... so. You know, it's just, it's vulnerable to you kill that and then it's got not much that can push through and not much that can grind, yeah. apart from the Frosties, which are amazing at that. I think the uh, the Battle Page, uh, Battle Mage is a, a nice uh, addition. Obviously, it's got Seer and Doom and stuff, which is that mm. casting six, six dice, I think, isn't it? And you have to beat the armor value, the save value, and they take a mortal wound. Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, takes, inches. Yeah, casts two spells as well, so that'll be where he's trying to buff his birders. Hmm. So. Yeah, the Doomfire Warlocks have got quite a nasty um, Mortal Wound spell in Doombolt, and um, that gives him basically four spells. Um, so potentially those Phoenixes would be on a two-up save um, fairly comfortably. One, one yeah. yeah, I kind of account for one failing. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I think yeah, I think um, I, I don't know. He's done so well with it; it's so manoeuvrable. I think. Um, in the missions, like, he doesn't rely on dropping off the table, apart from the Canary, so total commitment, but I don't think he's really, it's not got enough points invested in that to be a problem. Um, Arcane Orb, I think he's got a guy with an artifact that's fast, he's got a mage on a Pegasus that's fast, um, so they can move to where the orb is. Star Strike, I think he's got the mobility to get the yeah, ease to go. Strike, yeah, Yeah, um, I think... <laughs> Uh, and you know, obviously, Canary are just so good at coming down where they're needed um, round objectives to steal stuff at the last minute. And I think in the um, the mission where you got to burn, I forget the name of it now, but um, you, you... Better, is that best part of Valor? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> so he's obviously got the Canary are just absolutely fantastic on that mission because you can just wait till three, drop down, and b- cheeky burn two of their objectives, and then burn all of yours and you've just won the game so you can play like super defensive pin them in with the the frost hearts Mm. so i think i think byron's played it enough knows what it all does to um to do well with it and and i think he's had enough practice so i think i think he's in with a good shot of doing well with that so again, yeah, I just, I think looking at the competition he's up against, it, I mean, it's one of those interesting lists. I think it always does better than I think it will do. But I just think against some of those other things there, he will struggle. My, my prediction would be bottom half. Sorry, Byron. I, I think, I, I, I don't think it's the quite, well, it just hasn't got enough power for me uh, offensively. But maybe, again, could be wrong. Yeah, I mean, I think he didn't do too well um, the last time he went to the Masters, so... Um, but we'll see how he gets on. I think that was the, the year I took the Tomb King. So, um, <laughs> oh yeah, he took death. It's a long, a long t- time has passed since then. So uh, who knows? Um, hope he does well. But yeah, it's an yeah, uh, but... interesting list. Then we're going to come on to the um, the master of the um, net list. 
my list. <laughs> yeah, so as I was say, the 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 Jack the Jack Proxy player, and uh, my army <laughs> always always takes your kind of cast off list after you've done well with it, and then doesn't do anything with it. Um, sorry, I love you, Craig. Uh, so that's <laughs> Craig Namvar with Stormcast Eternals. So Craig's list is a version of the one that I won Bobo with, and Gary won. I remember which event he won. Of, um, I think it was another Bobo event actually. Gary won with a, a similar one. So it's basically geared around Gabrielle giving a buff to either the sequiturs or evocators on the charge, with a slight kind of evolution here to have judicators, which just gives you a bit more of a long game, and also yeah. just some, something else to, to either chip away screens because otherwise none of the, the charges fly so it's quite easy to kind of stop them hitting the good stuff so it just means you can either do the shooting you can clear the screens and just have something that just chips away over five turns the sequiturs are just amazing resilient especially if you get the castle and buff on them and then evocators give you the mortal wounds so i mean i kind of this was my latest evolution of the list which i've never managed to take to a tournament which i'd chat to craig about and looking at all the other things here i think the list has game against everything. Um, and, you know, I think it could struggle in stuff like Total Commitment, where you only get one teleport. Places of Arcane Power is slightly more dubious because it's only got two scoring. So in, in fairness, sorry, Craig, I hadn't actually looked at the missions because I wasn't going myself. Um, so I hope I haven't screwed you too much. But I think, again, it's it's got game against quite a lot of the things here because it could always struggle slightly against Daughters. They're not here. And the Gash, again, can be a, sometimes a, a slight problem against it. And actually, the storms, um, the, the sequiturs against all the um, uh, Nighthorn are actually can essentially ruin them with the D three hits per six on the hit roll. So yeah, I think I think he stands a good chance if he if he plays well. Yeah, they're they're horrible. The sequiturs. I mean, I had the uh, joy of playing against um, sixty of these um, at the team event, uh, which then turned into a hundred of them because. He got two units back. So for Ow. me, the biggest surprise with this list is he's got no command points. Yeah. So now, uh, so my theory always is, if you burn one command point on the, the turn you go in, that's a six-up rewardable charge with the Vexler banner, which should statistically get you in enough times to, to be happy with. And then the th- hopefully, again, if you do your charges right, you won't lose a unit your first turn, so you should have a command point by the time you start losing sectors. Also, the nice thing is with adjudicators is theoretically you could not come down first turn. You could bank the mm. command point in your first turn and, and just do a bit of shooting from 24 inches away and then start playing the slightly longer game. So it gives it a few options. I mean, like always, a command point is 50 points. And it's, yeah. you know, it's just it's, it's, it's an expensive resource, which is why, you know, I know people say Gabrielle's too good and because you can stack his command ability. But I in no list I've ever written for him have I ever invested in extra command points. So I just don't think plus three is worth 50 points yeah very interesting interesting point i um i i think he will come unstuck with that um if he plays anyone that can alpha or or like take the charge and then get the turn and delete a unit in a turn he's gonna he's gonna regret not having an extra command point but we'll uh yeah i know it's only on a five up but uh not having a chance to roll the dice is different so um it'd be very interesting to see what happens with that um uh, yeah, I, I mean, where do, where do you predict? What's your kind of... Um, he hasn't played for a while. I played him last night and he, he made a few rookie mistakes. Sorry, Craig. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I smashed him up with daughters in two turns. Um, so hopefully he's learned his lesson. So I, I honestly think with the list, he could come top eight. 
but I, I, I think he may be slightly jet lagged from a trip to Thailand and he didn't win a game last Masters apparently. So I do predict bottom eight for him. <laughs> Fair enough. I think I'm, I think I'm only going to do top eight and bottom eight. I think it's too hard to really. I may we may try and do a random guess for a master, but it's too hard. I think normally to call any more specifically than that because so yeah. many of these matchups are such good players with such good lists. It's often on one or two dice rolls, actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean that's fine. We can um, we can do it that way. So um, I'm more than happy to top eight, bottom eight. Uh, as long as you don't put me in the bottom eight, and it's fine. Um, <laughs> of I'll have to edit you and say that you put me in the top eight. <laughs> That'd be bad. Um, I have the power. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I, I think the Nexus then is um, Dan Bradshaw with Beasts of Chaos. I'm really pleased to see a Beast list, and it's a Beast list that isn't a, a corn list. Or, I've not played uh, against Beasts. I've got no idea. Well, Literally so no idea. Enlightened <laughs> on disc are really nasty. They're something, I think yeah. like 140 points. They're very cheap. I mean, the problem with them always was they were nowhere near as good as Skyfires, and they kind of kept on going down each GHB, and no one really clicked that they now got quite good especially now with the movement buffs and other buffs you get for being in beasts then the 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 30s angles are just a really really solid unit um they've got some mortar spells they've got some shenanigans with the 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 special abilities it's not a bad list uh and no one again is going to be the surprise factor and i think also the the enlightenment on this i mean they're a 16 inch move and then they get is it an extra d6 or an extra six inch from being near the great bray shaman it's some kind of extra move you know, so they are they're hitting something wherever on the table they like, which is which is a very nasty ability. You know, yeah, all the things the, that we um, think to protect. The the great Bray Shaman has an ability called Infuse with Bestial Vigor. Start your movement phase, add three inches to the move characters and models in friendly Bray Herd units, wholly within twelve of any great Bray Shaman. So you get plus three move, basically. Um and I think um you have the spell devolve on them, so um some movement shenanigans on the enemy units um which is fairly good and then yeah i think uh i'm just i was just checking to see what um shadow pelt does i think that's minuses to hit if i'm if i remember correctly i mean it's it's a weird it's a weird thing because actually like i don't think many people have played against beastman well that's yeah i I think it could have a slight catch you out i mean although interestingly it's beastman but probably 1500 of his points are spent on Zinch. You know, the, the Zango Enlightened yeah. and, and Zangors, everyone's known them in Disciples. So they don't do a huge amount of difference. It's stuff like you, they get the summoning points, don't they? So, um, and also the minus one armor save, which would actually really screw up some of the Stormcast lists, you know, if you're within range of that particular buff piece. It's um, the, the, the Bray Hearthstone, isn't it? Hearthstone, yeah. yeah. And also makes him immune to battle shock, which is really nasty for some of these big units. I think he could be a surprise top eight hit because I think his list's got good movement it's got good bodies good attacks and it's got the unknown factor um of yeah. the you know what the hell does that do wow that does that so um i think he could be a surprise top eight and i think he How... plays quite a bit with it as in he, i think he gets quite a few games in which is again always a, a plus for anyone i think he's played he, he he's done well with zangor and enlightened in the past he's he's i think he won a heat or podium yeah heat with... i think you're right with like nineties Angor, I think that's that it. Was no, you're old yeah, that scroll, was it. but yeah, you're right. <laughs> but, but I think still, um, yeah, they're still good. I 
I'm interested to see how he gets on. It's nice to see something different. I'd actually really like to play Dan. I've not played him. I've not played against Beast. I think that'd be a great game. And and to be honest, I just want to see him dance at the table. Um, I've seen his dance moves, and they're definitely uh, the best of the tournament scene, as per his Twitter handle. Um, so <laughs> you should uh, check his moves out if you're ever out in Cardiff on a on a tournament. You also need Dan to uh, do his uh, his Black Panther from the Infinity War impression, um, which is ridiculous it cracked me up at blackout this year yeah so um i wish him well i think that'd be pretty cool um yeah i mean it'd be nice to see someone again a different book that people have i wouldn't quite I'd say written off but you know no one's really thought it made that big an impact was actually when the book came out and people did the reviews and i saw the scrolls i thought they sounded really good so it'd be nice to see them do better yeah yeah i think a lot of that is just it's a lot of models. time commitment to get yeah. there it's a bit like daughters, I, isn't it? It took six months yeah. for daughters to take the tournament scene because it's a lot of expensive models. And I think as well, if because nobody's done something with them that's that's been apparently covered or obvious, like nobody's turned up and like won an event with them, and then people go, "Whoa, they're good," and then they, people start getting on that bandwagon. Um, if if Dan takes out the masters with that list, then they all see mm. him popping up all over the place. I imagine. Yeah, no. So true. it's. It's the nature of the hobby is that um, you do have a lot of people that, that kind of emulate the top of, top players and what they're taking because sometimes it's easier just to look at what does well and think, I like the idea of that and there's some stuff I didn't think of and I want to play with it. And then you just, well, I'll just, I'll just collect it then, you know. So yeah, sometimes it's nice to be inspired. There's um, Craig Namvar knows all about that. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um the next list then is uh, Dan. I Ford. inspire him every time I see him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have inspiring presence, you might say. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we have the Legion of the Night um, for Dan Ford. Now, interesting list in terms of choice. Uh, not interesting to play against, I believe. So <laughs> that's my own thoughts. But it's a someone Lord who could Ex- struggle with the uh, five turns. Yeah, I mean, he, he's used to playing horde armies, but this is a lot of models and a lot of dice, especially if you start doing necromancer on some of these units with pun and attack twice. It's just a lot of dice to roll. It is an awful lot of dice to roll. So what have we got? We have got Lord Executioner General with above suspicion, which allows him is Legion of Knights. So this allows him to set up in an ambush in addition to the three units normally allowed by the Aegis Cunning battle trait. So Aegis Cunning essentially allows you to set up units um, to one side. Uh, say they're going to ambush. You can do up to three units. End of any of your movement phases, you can set the unit in a hold within six of any edge more than nine from enemy models. So, okay. Is he uh, just going to ambush half his army then, do you think? Probably. Although it's kind of counter to the main ability to give a plus one uh, armor save in his own territory. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange one. But um, I think it just gives you options. Um, and I think uh, he obviously is planning to use the mechanic because his his general is going to be using that um, as well. Um, he has got a formation, so potentially quite a low drop army. Um, so he's got the necromancer with Morbeg's claw, which I've got absolutely no idea what that does. So uh, let's plus, have a look. plus two to cast. Oh, there you go. So if you um, if you don't move, it's plus two to cast for every wizard within six or twelve. I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, you can't, you can't, you see, so you do it, you can't move, charge, or attack. Add two to cast rolls for friendly Legion of Night Wizards within 12 of the bearer. So, 
it's okay, but I guess I don't. I'm trying to look and see why why that plus two to cast would be so important. But is it just the necromancer's um, pylon tat twice spell? Maybe, but it's a low cast anyway. And, yeah, well, but this yeah. guarantees it, though, doesn't it? Uh, well, it helps it. Won't guarantee yeah. anything. Yeah, if you want yeah. <laughs> I think it's on a six um, Van Hell. So, uh, Vampire Lord with flying horror with vile transference. Um, a White King with the Baleful Tomb Blade on a steed with Ignax Scale, so obviously wants to keep him alive because of the buff he provides to the main combat punch in this army, which is 2 times 40 Skeleton Warriors, 30 Skeleton Warriors, 20 Black Knights, and 5 Graveguard, all in the Death March formation with Prismatic Palisade. What does the Death March do again? I can never remember that one. So the Death March allows you to make a move if you are within range of the White King. Um, so let me just double-check it, because I know it's it's had several iterations over the uh, over the different books. Um, excuse the page turning. So it's one White King, one unit of Black Knights, one unit of Grave God, and three units of Skeleton Warriors. So that's all the units. So that's one drop for that entire formation, with, and then it's four-drop army, this one. Yeah. So you've got Unbreaking Ranks. At the start of your hero phase, you can return one slain model to each Death March unit within nine of the battalion's White King. And then March of the Dead, the, the White King and all units from this Death March that are within nine can make a move up to four inches if it's your movement phase. Models cannot run. So... I'm imagining... Flood the board. He's just going to flood the board. They're, they're his and, new blood letters. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if he's going to try and pull any shenanigans saying that with that move you can retreat and it doesn't count as a retreat and then you could charge. I don't know if he... I think it would count as a retreat because it's just a normal move. But mm. And also, it, it kind of is counter to the ability to bring them up out of reserve because then yeah. you don't get to... So actually, you, don't, you wouldn't want to use both abilities. No. It's kind of um, it's a strange list, but mm. I'm sure he's got some some reason while he's he's taking it, uh, other than to bore people to death, probably. But, um, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's how it goes. Um, I think that the weakness in this list is really the White King. If you kill the White King, he can't bring units back. Um, he's got he's only got one command point to start from the formation. He has got a palisade, so obviously he's taken a four at ward on the White King and the palisade. So I imagine that is purely to keep that White King alive. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but if you do get to that White King, th- 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 I mean you can delete units of forty skeletons fairly easily. Um, and yeah, I know he can bring them back, but if the general's dead, you can't. Oh, the Lord Executions the general, isn't he? So. Um, yeah, uh, that's probably why he's in ambush. So what you probably find is he's gonna—he's not gonna use. I don't think he'll ambush the units. Maybe just one of the units. Yeah. And the Lord Executioner, because he's the general, he'll keep him off the table, so you can't kill him to stop him being able to bring units back. Until and he needs to bring them back. Bring units back at the end of the movement phase, and the Lord Executioner sets up at the end of the movement phase. You can set him up on the table within nine of a grave marker, then bring the units back. Nice. So I, I think purely he's there to just sit off the table, come up, and just go, I'm going to bring units back. Yeah, Which nothing you can do about that. The list. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Other than stand on the grave markers, but yeah, that's, that's probably why he's in the list. Okay, all right, fair enough. I, 
so again, it's, sh- just got, it's got no punch. It basically, it just doesn't die. It's got, well, it does die, then it comes back, and it's got a huge amount of bodies and board presence. But he's used to doing that with blood letters, who, you know, they're slightly less resilient, but they also put out a lot of mortal wounds. I just really think this will struggle. It's four drop, which is good, but we've got at least three one drops that I can think of off the top mm. of my head. So, and also, it's not even with a four-inch move than a run. They're still just skeletons with movement four. You know, it's still not that quick to, to get the board presence he needs. It's not a, a murder host getting into your deployment zone first turn. So, I really, I, I can't see this doing particularly well. But with the ambushing rule, he could, and he knows he's going to go first, he could set up all those skeletons on the objectives to go first, set them all up. No, it's going to be the edge of the table, isn't it? Six inches from the table. Uh, yeah, but not not necessarily because you can even um, use the setup under the graves rule. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, so okay, yeah, so as long as you get a, I think it's just any character within range, you can pop a unit up. Um, so stick forty scums on each one and just hope they don't grind through you. Yeah, and if they do, you just pop the other guy up and then resummon the unit. Hmm. And and skeletons do an awful lot of damage because you know you say oh, it's only skeletons, but they. You know they they get I think they're about four or five attacks a model. Yeah, especially with the white ability. It's just like it's, it's pretty horrific. Like it, it's just watching someone roll like 130 dice at you. Um, <laughs> it's just kind of it, it's okay. Um, but it like I say it's not it's like the most exciting thing. Um, but uh, yeah, it's all good. So uh, I think the um ability I don't never use it. You see so. Um, so the server set up summonable unit on the battlefield place it to one side so it will set up in the grave at the end of your movement phase for each death hero within nine pick a single unit in the grave site so that hole within nine in the grave site nine from enemy so it doesn't cost a command point so yeah you could literally put your grave site placement know you're going to go first set them up and if you want one on an edge you could set them up off the table with the thing then you just move up pop all three skeleton blocks out on the objectives then go go on then come get me off and mm. if you're in the um, your territory, I believe that's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I yeah. think he, you know, he's pointed out that most of your territory is half the table. So again, maybe he could be catching some people out with this. I don't. Wanna, and he normally does seem to build clever lists. You know, I remember all his Tomb King ones. He was almost the first person who started doing those ones. So again, he could be do some good stuff with this, but uh, I'm not sure. I just think against some of the other ones that outdrop him, he'll struggle. Although I suppose even against dryads and stuff, you know, some of the one-drop silverness lists, forty skeleton warriors with one hundred and sixty attacks will, will will do the will do the job. I think they'll kill most. It'll kill most stuff. I mean, you'd be yeah. surprised. It's just whether or not you get your turns in, because I yeah. think that's going to be the challenge with the list, and and how bad your back's going to be after after six games. Because <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't want to do it to be honest. Um, cool list though, interesting. And that's one thing you can say about Dan Ford, always comes up with an interested army list. Yeah, definitely. Always something different. It's good. And that brings us probably on to the, the next um, gamer that is probably renowned for left-field army lists, and that's Darren Watson with Seraphon. Yeah, this is an interesting one. It's very similar to the one he took to the Six Nations last year, which did really well. I think he went 5-5 five and five with it and was one of the, 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 the oddballs. I mean, it's been slightly nerfed since then. So basically, the main thing around this that he used at Six Nations was the engine of the gods summoning Ripodactyls and flooding the board with them, essentially. But before before the FAQ, you could move them after they were summoned, which was amazing. So you summon them within, I think it was 12 inches, and then they move 12, and then they charge. So you just get 
waves and waves of them hitting you. Mm-hmm. Whereas now you summon them, they have to be out of nine, and then you can't move with them, so they're not as good. And he's only got three of them, but he is in a one-drop formation. He's got them I in the Saurus Knight. It's a pretty junk, to be honest, but they do give you some kind of board control. Um, so again, I think, and then also the engine of the gods. If they, I mean, the, the issue with them is, is basically you have you can roll four dice if they're within range of the slam, and then. You, on if you get a 14 to 17 that's when you get to summon a unit and the odds of this i know he's, we worked it out around six nations time it's probably around 65 percent or something like that per one that you roll so you know you probably per three you're getting one or two um but it could easily you know he could take first turn not summon anything and then suddenly he hasn't got that much um yeah. so i do think i don't think he'll win but i do think he'll do well um because i think it's one of those lists that will just it will have a bad game um just because of it there are there you know he has three dice rolls a game and it also i think before he had four engines which definitely helped his odds as well um and then he's also got the great remembrancer on the slam which allows him to do two teleports a turn which again is quite handy but the, the only slight problem with this is if anyone can kill the slam it stops him having four dice on the engines choose three which yeah. just suddenly means they're no way near as good. Um, so, yeah, if, you, if someone can get rid of that slant, it's really going to cripple his list. Um, and then also engines. I mean, they're only 10 wounds on a four-up save, so they die to a bit of a stiff breeze. I mean, they're just the challenges getting to them, because, again, he'll be using the slant to probably not cast any spells and just summon more skinks or more ripodactyls to kind of screen everything. So, And, yeah. I, and I think the, the real strength here is it's a one-drop. So it's a one-drop. He can summon the Saurus Knights, out from his basically you summon half your unit so you can put them it's a real flexibility in where you go so he can really block up the board to keep his engines and slam protected and then just do waves and waves of rippers which go and hopefully cream through your units because they do a hell of a lot of attacks against the kind of things we're here so i predict four or five four or five wins all right so you think you could go take the take it out no no i don't think he'll win but i think he'll i think he'll he'll come in yeah definitely to, you know top eight top, and would do, top do well and... On yeah. the outside chance of being in the top three. Yeah, I just think it's one of those lists that will just have a bad game. I think it's, it was always my worry of playing with it. Just one game, the engines will let you down. You'll just roll two turns. He won't summon one thing, and suddenly he won't do anything. You know, they'll, they can do a D6 mortal wounds is the other thing within 25 inches, which is almost like your backup roll if you don't roll the summon. But you could easily miss that. You know, you're, you can just roll. You can just get bad luck. And it's like anything. You're not rolling enough dice to get the averages. You'll get them over the tournament, but you will just have a bad game. So that's my that's my guess. Or he'll play Sylvaneth, who'll win the roll-off against him, and Alpha and kill all his good stuff. Yeah, he's got but, some interesting choices on artifacts in this list. So he's got the Wraith Bow on one engine, which is... Six um, dice, mortar wound on a six or something like that, isn't it, in the right, shooting place? With yeah. an 18, yeah. I don't know Goblet of Draining, but Light Draconian is um, also the spell with an 18. So the Goblet of Draining actually is, is a really good item, and I think it could see play on a great and clean one would be really useful so it basically says if one or more wounds are inflicted on an enemy hero by the bearer roll a dice on a five plus that hero takes d3 mortal wounds so i think it's been it's been epic it's per phase so if you do damage in multiple phases you get multiple chance of rolling that so it's quite a nice way of chipping away. I don't know if the engines have any like impact hits when they charge, but I guess they could do damage no. in the hero phase, combat phase, and shooting phase. Yeah, no, they definitely they've got like six javelin shots in the shooting phase, and then they've got a bit of shot. Actually, they could do mortal wounds in the uh, hero phase through yeah. their their dice roll. So yeah, they could do damage in three phases. So yeah, 
look yeah. terrible. Cool. Um, no, I, I think, I th- like I say, I think he'll do quite well with it, but I think he'll come unstuck. Cool. All right. Um, I, I, I mean, like, it's a weird list for me. I, I look at it and I, I don't know what the formation does, that draconian's tail, but I know it makes it a one drop. Basically, but... what it means is he can keep units off the table when he deploys and then in his right. well any turn he likes he can deploy one of each scroll within eight i think it's 18 inches of the slam so oh, basically I know. Yeah, so, yeah. so he could put you know he could put one engine one the scarbet on cold one one unit of knights unit of skink so he can just literally place them all wherever he likes the, the issue is if he does that he, he you know he loses the slam first he, he loses it but it just allows you great kind of flexibility in your deployment especially when you know you're going first Are the command points is what's that used for the teleport no, no, you don't need them for that. I mean, they're pretty useless overall in the list. Uh, the Scar Vets have got a command ability. I don't... Uh, I just wonder why right. starting it's... with two command points. Oh, no, it's the, two fo- it's the formations. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah right, that makes sense. Yeah. It just gets it for having the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you would yeah. never buy it. I was like, why is he... Why is he... So, I mean, yeah, the Slams one allows you a fly move, so he can make everything in the list fly, which actually, yeah. again, it's cheeky, but everything within 10 inches. Yeah, okay, cool. Um... So Gary Percival then Stormcast. So I actually played against a guy at the team event using a variant of this list. Um, so he's gone for the Lord Arcanum General uh, with in Hammers of Sigma. So he gets the We Cannot Fail, which you know it's it's fine. Uh, three Heraldors, Gavriel Knight Vexler. Uh, three times twenty sequitur, three Aether wings, and a command point. So, what's your thoughts on this one, and Jack? Oh, him and Dan Ford could have a long game. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I just I, it's it's nasty. I mean, it's it's hard to kill, but again, it could struggle again. Actually, there aren't that many things here with that high armor, and actually, sequiturs just do an amazing grind game. Um, so it's and then he's also got the heralders for mortal wounds. So actually, I quite like this list. I think. And Gary's played it, well, this and similar list to this quite a bit. So, again, I, I think he'll do reasonably well with this. I, I think he'll be top eight, if not better. Yeah, I think the Heraldos are really good paired up with the Secretors as well because if he gets stuck on something and he needs to go somewhere else and cause some damage, uh, you've got the retreat in charge from the Heraldor. Yeah, I think yeah. retreat in charge is the one thing that people don't necessarily remember that the Heraldos can do. And obviously... Um, he, I think he's anticipating lots of Seraphon, so uh, three toots on a piece of terrain is nothing to be sniffed at. Mm. Yeah. Looks yeah. very cool. Looks really good, I think. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what the Aether Wings do, to be honest, but that's maybe... Uh, they're just, they're just um, additional drops, so they can put more things up in the sky. Oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. So, yeah... You, you, you... You always want an even number of drops in the Stormcast list, basically, so that you can always have half your stuff up. So uh, looking at this, yeah. Okay, then. So on to the next uh, list, which is Ian Spink with Bone Splitters. <laughs> so um, been playing them all year. Been doing pretty well. Um, currently, currently just outside the top 16, I think. He's definitely people's choice, isn't he? I think yeah. he would be... He, he would be the most pop- he would be the most popular master ever. I think it's fair to say. <laughs> so uh, Ian's got his um, hat, maniac weird knob, and his hat. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We have squirmy war paint, uh, mystic war, and squiggly curse. I love love that spell. Um, uh, the war doc with hand of Gork or Mork. War doc with brutal beast spirits. 
a war dock with big Wurgog mask with bone crusher, um, two times ten savage orc boar boy maniacs, thirty savage orc more boys, four big stabbers, two big stabbers, two times three fellwater trogoths, and teeth ruck. So I don't, does he normally run trolls? I don't think I've seen. No, he's, he's, he doesn't he run run the trolls. No. He does. He um, he runs a lot of the, the savage orc, uh, obviously the the maniacs and stuff. Um, and like normally loads of the stabbers so i think he maybe put those in due to you know how good they are now with the new uh the, the new gloom spot yeah point. they're lovely for 160 points and they're a great addition because they're, they're still similar to the big stabbers they just give him some decent rends and mortal wounds some shooting i think as well that the um the mortal wound output of this army will catch people out Mm. The squiggly is, curse, isn't it? Is that the one where he keeps on dancing? And oh no, was yeah. that the, the Wurgog mask? The one where you just so the, you keep the rolling mask. You can keep, yeah, you can keep rolling. Oh. The squiggly curse can keep going and do a lot of damage as well. Mm. And Bone the, crusher the, does more mortal wounds the closer you are. Um, and then the big stabbers, obviously, when they die, they do mortal wounds, and they're pretty nasty anyway in the also, formation. Also, fast the army is as well. Like those maniacs are, are really quick. Like you know, he's got. You know, they, they, it's a really quick army, and like Ian's played it so much, he knows, he knows what to expect putting them into combats without, mm. you know, yeah, without doing the math. He kind of, he just knows it, like kind of like me with the, the Drake build. I know what it will survive against. I don't know what will kill it, you know, on average. Yeah. yeah. So, what do you reckon? Top eight, bottom so, eight. I, I would love for him to be top eight, but I just think again, if you look at you know the amount of stuff here that either ignores Rend or stuff like sequiturs, which you know, which he would just really struggle to chew through. I just think he could, I think he's going to struggle against some of these other lists here. Yeah, okay. I mean, we've got three sequiturs plus four units, four armies with kind of ignoring Ren stuff, and I just think all of those things, he doesn't have quite enough mortal wound output, and that suddenly negates stuff like the big stabbers and the fellwater trogos. Yeah. I just think he could struggle a bit against them, and then all the stuff that comes back to life, because none of his stuff grinds well. You know, his yeah. savage orcs, that you know, they're not that great. The, the big stabbers, they die quite easily. So... Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so, um, Laurie Huggett Wild with Sylvaneth. Um, so, Alariel, Branch Wraith um, with the Acorn of Ages. Um, Branch Wraith with uh, Ranu's Lamentiri, which I think is the plaster cast for the, the yeah. put a wood down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Anointed of Azorian on Frostheart Phoenix because he loves Byron. Um, 30 Dryads, 20 Dryads, <laughs> 2 times 10 Dryads, Forest Folk, Winterleaf, Chromatic Cogs, 2,000 points with 2 extra command points. So I think it's going to be one of the scenarios. It's it's just, it's so fast, it's so manoeuvrable. Dryads just suddenly turned out to be quite good <laughs> after AOS 1, who knew? Yeah. And then it's also got the hitting power of Alariel and then the Anointed, and then also just the amount of mortal wounds it can do as well, I think, through all the forests exploding. And he can bring a lot of units back. He's got so many spells to buff up the mm. Phoenix. Um, obviously, chromatic cogs um, with the um, war singer, which is the yeah. bonus to charge as well. Yeah. Larry allows him to sort of put a unit of his choice down. So we'll um, be another unit of dryads. The branch rape will put another unit of dryads down as well because obviously she yeah. can cast dryad spells. So he's going to swamp the table with bodies. And Winterleaf, if I remember rightly, I haven't only played it like once when the book first came out. Is uh, the dryads explode on sixes? I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. you can redeploy the art some of the army, can't you? One hero yeah. phase for the forest folk. Yeah, that's it because the forest folk you pick. Yeah, yeah that's right. And then so you think... chaos as well. I think. Yeah. Uh, the... Yeah. I don't think there's a lot of chaos at the event, but um, okay. I think um, Laurie has been playing um, 
Sylvaneth, you know, since since year dot really. Yeah. Um, he's he's obviously the Dorset master, um, and obviously been doing quite well. So I think he's 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 on a, on a chance to be in the top. I reckon. Yeah, um, I agree with that. I think definitely top eight, and he's got a chance of top top three. Yeah. He's sure. got he's got a good got a good list. He's got, had a good run of form coming into it. So yeah. And and although and there are sporting boats, aren't there? <laughs> yeah. Well I think there are, but they're they're kind of like a given unless you're a you're a knob end, but there you go. Um then uh, next list is Mike Wilson with host of Sonesh. The Seekers, a greater demon of Sonesh with a general invigorated by pain dimensional blade. Chaos Sorcerer Lord on Manticore, Herald of Sonesh and Exalted Seeker Chariot, uh, Chaos Sorcerer Lord of Rune Sword, two times thirty demonettes, two times five hell striders, ten seekers, nineteen forty command point one in Ugu. So um I I know that Mike has played Sonesh a lot. He's a good yeah. player, he knows his stuff. Um it's and it's a nasty list. Yeah, the Greater Demon hits like a steam train as well, doesn't it? Yeah, he, he's he just his dimensional awesome. blade ren ren three. Yeah, I believe with, so. With yeah. pilot and attack twice, I think, with the two command yeah. traits. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And I think you can. <clears> um, he's got obviously the hell strides for the minus one hit banner. Um, so it's very good. Um, I think he's played it a lot as well. Um, He's always been around the top tables and kind of just missing out on the podiums, I think. Um, I mean, he's kind of my nemesis. He seems to beat me every time I play him. Um, <laughs> so hopefully I can avoid him, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, but it's, yeah, it's it's good. I mean, he's got a Renfrey sword on the um, Exotic Great Demon. Um, so it's it's pretty nasty. Uh, we'll see how it goes. That, that will give the Storm Pass list a bit of problem. Yeah. Um just loads of bodies, really fast. Um I think he didn't do particularly well at Age of Santa or the Dorset Masters one of them recently with it. Um I think he got like caught out, well not just got like a bit lucky um with a few things, but uh, but yeah, Mike's a solid player. Like, you know, he's a nice bloke as well. Yeah, I think uh it, it might be a little bit too soft for the environment, but yeah. We'll see. Um next list is <laughs> Richie. Who I, I hopefully wears a um, I Love Laurie t shirt. Um, it's an identical <laughs> list, so he couldn't even change the weapon on the uh, beer. <laughs> no, it's literally identical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't even give him a halberd instead of a great weapon or something. For anyone who knows Mark Wildman, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a bit of a that was a bit of a blast in the past that joke. Yeah. So, um, so basically, um. Richie's uh just I'll just explain it quickly. So uh Ben Johnson uh used to play a Skaven army, win win a lot back in the day. Uh Mark took it to an event, changed the weapon on the BSB, which basically made no difference whatsoever, and then claimed it was a different list when he won the event when everyone started winding him up about winning with Ben Johnson's army. So uh, that's where that comes from. So um yeah, we're not gonna talk about it because it's the same, but um Richie um uh, fairly new to the scene. Um, nice guy, one of the um, just play guys. Um, I think, I you know, I probably Richie won't mind me saying that. I think Laurie's the better Silver Neff player. Um, I've not had the pleasure of playing Richie, so that's me. I have played Laurie a few times and not not lost to him yet, which is good. So uh, 
we'll see. Um, as, as always, you think the person who came up with the list, you'd hope would have a slight edge on it. But I, I know from listening to, you know, Richie, because I like the Just Playing podcast, you know, they, they seems like they play quite a lot of games. They spend a lot of yeah. time talking, theory hammering. So I think you'll come very well prepared and knowing how to use the list. So again, I'm, I, I think he'll definitely do kind of top eight and, you know, could do, could do better with it as well. It's, it's hard to know until you kind of see someone use the, use the list, isn't it? Yeah, and he's been playing Sylvaneth a lot, and I, I don't. Mm. I mean, I'm nothing against Richie. He's 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 been doing decent at events, and obviously he's been doing well because he's in the Masters. But I think um, if I was if I was to out the two of them, I'd give Laurie the slight edge. Um, yeah, no, always. So, he always but, would, yeah, yeah, the person who started the list, you'd always hope would do better with it. Yeah, it's not quite the um, difference between you and Craig, but you know that's uh, <laughs> that's, okay. that's a hard uh, that's a hard mount, mountain to climb. That one, isn't it? So. <laughs> Um, we don't need to talk about the next list. So, you know, we'll just skip this one because no one really cares about it. So uh, I don't want to tell <laughs> okay. people what it does. Um, we, need to, we need to talk about the tricks in the list, don't we? Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no. Uh, so this, <laughs> so this is uh, my list. Um, so it's a vampire lord on zombie dragon uh, in Legion of Blood with Death Lance, Shield, Chalice, Aura, Dark Majesty, Feral Amulet, Amethystine Pinions as the spell. Prince Vordry with Vile Transference and Necromancer with Overwhelming Dread. Three times five Diabolves, two times 20 Grimgast, a Mortis Engine, 1950 with one extra command point. So. Could you not get up to a 30 Grimgast? That was the only thing when I first saw it. What do you think? You don't, I don't think you need them. Okay. Because, to be honest, when you have 30, 10 of them can't fight anyway. Um, 20, I've never had my unit of 20 wiped out in a turn and if they do you just bring them back um 20 hitting is hard i'd rather have two 20s than 130 yeah true and and the thing is the mortis engine adds so much to the army because it's the plus one to cast makes a big difference and the mortal wound explosion with the heal with the scream and legion of blood there minus one bravery within six so Mm -hmm. and the speed of the mortis engine it's a 16 inch flyer that does mortal wounds and can take objectives and it can tie up shooting units, so they have to... I mean, it, it, it loves Judicators. It chew through Judicators all, every day of the week. loves them. Um, I, for me, it's, the Mortis engine's just like that one thing. I just I just love it. I love the model. Um, and I think it Cause gives it, cause me... Because it's interesting, because yeah, cause Steve's got the um, the corpse card, hasn't he? Which gives the plus one cards, but not the extra bits for the... Was it extra 100 points that the Mortis costs? So it's just one of those... It's, yeah, it's, a, think... it's a similar, but different. His one affects the Direwolves and gives them an extra save as well. <laughs> so, the well known the well known combat direwolves. Yeah. So, <laughs> invigorated by that that corpse cart. Um so obviously Aura Dark Majesty's minus one to hit in combat. Uh Fam Ethereum is is um ignore um modifiers. I actually played this at the team event. I I don't know if the spell selection on Prince Vordry because he normally only casts in his own spell, so it doesn't really cast vile transference, but it's there to be a heal. So, pinions on the vampire lord on dragon is quite fun if you uh, cast that and then put mystic shield from the necro. So, it gives you an option on the first turn that, that I haven't quite got the plus 10 move yet, but I'm sure it'll happen one day. Um, Ow. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's fun. It's uh, I didn't want to take sacrament, I didn't think Arkham would be a good choice. Um, good players know to take him out early. There's a lot of lists that can just alpha strike him. I think um, he almost forces you to play very defensive. Um, and I just like the idea of having two big dragons. So um, yeah, I didn't want no. to go too, too mad on the Grim Gas, but 
20s it looks like yeah it looks like a nice list and as always it's got a bit of balance of everything you know you've got a bit of screening you've got a big a few big hitters you've got the grim as the kind of the units and the grinders and then you know a slightly left field in the mortis which you again probably slightly catch people out with how good it is when people don't really see it so often it's always been the it's i've never played a game and thought oh it's done nothing this game it's always done it's always gets it gets its value um and one of the good things I like about it is purely just a blocker. Mm. You just you just tag it on a unit. You just fly over the top, tag a unit. <coughs> it ain't gonna die in one round, and the unit can't do anything. It's just it's just stuck fighting a mortar engine, which you don't really care about. Um, obviously, against death, it doesn't do mortal wounds. It just heals everyone. But then <laughs> it, that can be good as well because if they've got single wound units and you're using characters, then your characters are in range and they're you know you're fighting like skellies and. You don't heal them because they're single wound models, but you heal your characters. So it's just a way of topping up the two vampires. So yeah, uh, yeah. No, it's good. I'd be very surprised if you don't come top eight, if not higher, with it. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I'm not really that prepared for the event, so we'll. I I haven't really. I didn't go into it thinking oh, I really want to like you know smash it or anything. So I'm <laughs> that not... way, I want to do this podcast so you can find out what all the lists are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Just <laughs> it's your... kind of forced revision <laughs> yeah yeah a little bit yeah so i don't know i haven't really um i've stayed it's kind of a little bit late now when you when the lists are in in it because you could might look and go oh, i'm not sure i mean i don't think there's anything there that i would i can't beat with that list it's an all, no, all comers yeah. i think so um it might be i have harder games against certain people but i think it's got all the tools i need so yeah fairly happy with it um so straight on then into steve curtis's legion of blood list um, with his Guardian of Souls with Mortality Glass. Now, I'll, I'll go through his list and I'll talk about that in a minute. So he's got Prince Vordry as well with Amethystine Pinions, Vampire on Zombie Dragon, um, Dark Aura, Dark Majesty, General, Fury Lambert, Vile Transference. So it's the same setup I've got. He's just got the two spells around the other way. Uh, Necromancer with Overwhelming Dread, which is the same spell that I've taken. Uh, two times five Direwolves, ten Direwolves, a Corpse Cart, 30 Grimgas, the Bellwind Vortex and Chromatic Cogs with a Command Point. So obviously going for the extra um charge and move. Um I I I don't really like the, the cogs. I think as well what you can do with the cogs is give Vordry a rollable save or the, even the vampire lord and zombie dragon. Because they're both wizards, so you can plop the cogs down and get a rollable save, so that's pretty good. Yeah, lovely. Bellwind's quite nice because it gives you that um allows your necromancer to cast both overwhelming and um um Van Hels. I, yeah. I did find it um a bit I did find the amount of spells I had a little bit low, so Bearwind would definitely be something I would consider with my list in the future. Uh it'd just be difficult to find the points for that really. Just one he, block yeah, of he's, he's, yeah, that he's dropped the you know Grimgarth, that's where he's got the points, isn't it, essentially? Yeah. That I, I don't like just having one unit. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's too it's, easy it's to nice kill it and then zone out where it can come back. Or block it, or ignore it, or have it on the other side of the table. Yeah. Uh, it'd be interesting. I mean, it's very similar. It's quite surprising. It's quite quite similar taken blood. You know, it's quite unusual. The one thing I think is really good in this is the Guardian of Souls for Mortality Glass. So what this guy does, he's the special birthday edition um, hero. So he's got a spell which allows you to make a move, um, a, a Nighthaunt unit, so he can basically retreat and then he can charge with that unit. So he can 
move the Grimgoss out of combat into something else, so that could catch people out. Um, and the other thing he does is, if you're within nine of that model, you only roll 1d6 on your charge, which will catch loads of people out, I think. Yeah, got me at the weekend uh, when I played uh, Liam Jordan with it, um, and the Stardrake's three inches away from a unit, and uh, rolled a one, and then re-rolled it and rolled a two. So it couldn't get into combat. It's really good. Yeah, I mean, I played Steve Curtis <laughs> at... Um, the Dogger Invitational, and um, he was uh, with Nagash with Vordry, and we had I I put Vordry into Vordry, and my Vordry died. Uh, but it was a good game. He's a really nice guy, actually, Steve. I actually had a really good game. He's, he's got a, quite a good sense of humour, um, so I'm sure we'll be uh, giving you some of a shit on the weekend. So uh, hopefully, you'll do well with that. What do you think, Jack? Top eight? Yeah, definitely. Again, he's he's been playing death or these kind of. I know he's been playing more on a gash, I think, but something similar to this for quite a while is doing well consistently with it, and this looks like a, a nasty list. So yeah, yeah, I think so. So next list is uh, Terry with Maggot King, so the third face hammer member at the Masters. Oh, unlucky Les. <laughs> so what happens when you take six months off? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm only messing with you. Yeah, so. He's got the Thricefold Befoulement Formation with um, three Great and Clean ones. He's got a Great and Clean one with Flail and Sword with Pestilence Breath, which is the roller dice for every model within six uh, on any unit on a five up take a mortal wound in the shooting phase. The Thermal Rider Cloak for the plus four move and fly. Um, he's got the Great and Clean one with the Bile Blade and Doomsday Bell with the Wither Stave, which is reroll sixes to wound uh, within, I think, within 15. Um, and then you've got Rotigus. Uh, who's awesome, two times 30 Plague Bearers, five Blight Kings, and the Umbral Spell Portal. So it is a four-drop army, um, and it doesn't look like it's got a lot in it, but this army is really, really solid. Yeah, really good. I mean, it's really hard to do any damage because you've got the minus two to shoot in, the minus one in combat on the Plague Bearers, you've got a lot of bodies, you've got the, um, the run and charge from the tree, with the plus move if you need it um you've the amount of mortal wounds you can do from the great and clean ones i mean you've got ways to drop mortal wounds at range with rotagus um he's good in combat the other great and clean is good in combat they've all got a breath weapon you've got the uh, spell which does 3d3 mortal wounds and through the spell portal allows you to get real reach with that um it's it's a solid yeah. army and he's played a couple of events of it and he's podiumed at the final with it um, even though he did think, lose to me, but I go. think this will catch people out again. I think we haven't seen Nurgle do that well recently, and you know, on first look, you you almost don't quite get it. But actually, you know, it is just the, as you said, the mortal wounds. I mean, I wonder whether some of the scenarios that really require a lot of movement and mobility. You know, I know in some ways it can be really quick, but it's almost it deploys as a bit of a bubble to protect the great unclean ones. And so suddenly, you know, some of the ones where you burn early turns or you, um, you know, you need to score in the, the the different objectives, whether it might struggle on some of them. But I'm not sure. Yeah, I think you what you need to remember as well is that you build a lot of contagion points up. Yeah. So true. towards the late game, you can start popping out units or heroes. So um, with like a lot of the missions, he's got three really resilient heroes with a wizards if he can with the bell and the tree and the command point usage because he starts with two with a two auto six runs he could probably take all three places in arcane power and just be like well that's game you know i'm gonna go first i've got four drops i run on some three objectives game over so it's 
I think it's a really solid army. Um, yeah. He's played a lot of it. He's a good player. I think anything that might be the downfall is he might play a little bit too defensive if he plays against someone he thinks he can't beat, uh, which then made him too far back on the scenario. Um, it does struggle to deal with big units, but with the Pestilence Breath in there, I think, uh, on the Great and Clean one, um, it, I think he's got some tools, but it's uh, yeah, it's a good list. I mean, the, the Blight Kings can, can rip hordes to bits if they go nuts as well. So and Only five of them, actually. Yeah, but it it that's only you need sometimes because yeah, got enough sixes. Yeah, I mean he 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 deleted a unit of um thirty witches with five um black seriously, kings. Yeah, yeah, with wow. inferno blades on. Oh, that's okay. winning. Uh, yeah, popped a load of sixes. <laughs> yeah, but still, it's you know. Yeah, yeah, it's doable. It's, it's good. Um, and the last list is Will Barton with Stormcast Eternals. So. So he's gone. For, yeah, he's gone for no um, chamber essentially, which allows him. It's an interesting. Most people are going hammers um, to allow you to have Gavriel, but the big trade-off by having have hammers and Gavriel is you can't take Storch Defender. So he's gone for Staunch, which means suddenly everything's on plus one armor save. Well, not you know obviously if you don't charge, which yeah. used to be the absolute go-to on Stormcast that everyone's kind of forgotten about, and why again you know Gavriel is strong, but he is it's an opportunity cost because it means you can't take Staunch. So um, this suddenly means his sequiturs will be, well, either on a three up or a two up if you use the castle and buff on them. Two up rerollable, you mean you're not killing them. Um, so even though you haven't got the extra charge, you're just you're going to really struggle to grind through them. And the same, the Celestine and Star Drake, either going to be on a two up or a one up rerolling save with it, ignoring morsels on fours. So, so we again, just run some... through the list. Oh, sorry, saves, yeah. Because <laughs> we're talking about it, but we haven't told people what's in it. So, um, <laughs> so that's, it's why, a lot... that's why you're the pro. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't say that. Um, so there's a Lord Arcanum on Toralon, as you mentioned, Jack, Staunch Defender, Allsright, Halo Spell, and still Pinions. Uh, I think the Pinions is um, plus one save, I think? Or is it a no. minus one? Uh, I think it's, it's going it's, it's to be oh, it's a six-up save, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. I think it's a six-up save. It's the one you always put on a, a Toralon. I know that. Um, a Star Drake with Ignax Scales, so with a Mortal Wound save. A Castellan, a Relic to a Translocation, Heraldor, 20 Secretors, 2 times 5 Liberators, 5 Evocators with Blades, 2,000 points. So it's an interesting army. Uh, but as you say, as I interrupted you, but basically what you're alluding to is that that unit of 20 Secretors with a 2-up rerollable save... Ain't going anywhere. And with the Orzorite Halo spell, if you roll a 6 to save, you do a Mortal Wound back. Yeah, that's right. It's it's a it's an unmodified 6, unfortunately. But... Um... Yeah. But still, it's, it's really nasty. I mean, the problem with this list, I mean, in some ways it's really good. I think that the Arcane on a Toralon is a, it's a not an efficient way to spend three, 40 points or whatever. And so it just then slightly lacks for, for combat threats. I mean, he hasn't mm. got anything more than Ren 1 in the list. I mean, the Celestine Star Drake is, is always the most, it's the nastiest tank in the game, really. But again, it doesn't do a huge amount of damage. The Secretaries, one unit, they're okay. They don't die. But again, they don't do a huge amount of damage. I mean, I think he could struggle slightly with this. I just he seems to have a few suboptimum choices. He's got some really strong, but he has some that aren't so strong. And I think he would he could suffer for those ones. It's almost like he's trying to do too much with the army. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think I don't I don't get the Toril on when you don't take shooting. Yeah, yeah. Like if you take in like bolt throwers, I totally get the Toril on. But without that, I I just I almost think like the Star the, yeah. Drake's a weird thing in the list. And then the five evocators by themselves. Rather you know, than just, ten. 
without any ability to get them into combat you know so they're basically they're actually quite vulnerable to being hit back um so if you don't yeah. have the ability of like the gabriel they die relatively easily i mean they give you a cast celestial blades plus one to wound isn't it and not a bad spell to have Are they there again, just to stand behind the sectors maybe yeah but then he hasn't got enough shooting to bring people into him has he no well he hasn't really got any apart from the um celestance ability so yeah. he, it's, it's weird isn't it i don't i don't know i think yeah. um I'm sure we'll do well with it because he he's been playing Stormcast pretty much exclusively, um, and he's he's a fairly good player. And I I, I don't know, like I, d- I just normally when I see Will's Stormcast list, the power kind of jumps out at you. Yeah, no, and like always, this this, this could be the list that wins it, and we all go, oh, we missed that. But my guess would be bottom, uh, bottom half. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, maybe it'll be. We'll see what happens. But um, yeah, it's I I don't know, like I. I kind of think there's going to be something in there. Maybe it's bad that I can't spot it right now. So, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, we'll see. Uh, I mean, obviously, a Star Trek's solid. Um, the, you know, secretaries are good. I think it's a solid army. Um, Just feels a little bit thin, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the... I mean, like I said, I might, what, what, we probably missed something. But, yeah, just feels a little... Try to do too much. I always so, think that the five evocates should just be two bolt throwers. Yeah, yeah. I just think that I don't, the evocates are a weird unit in a five. You know, a five by themselves without Gabrielle and without in the formation is just yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe I'll be proved wrong, and I don't get the Toralon without shooters because I, I was looking at the Toralon using um, like bolt throwers and the. Um, uh, a big unit of shooters like yeah, castigators with the formation yeah, the and anvils, yeah. you know that kind of thing. So um, otherwise, it's just a, it's a very expensive magic user. Yes, I mean, which, is, two which spells, is reasonable in combat. Yeah, I think you'd be better off with a arcanum and a um, uh, what's the guy called the Inv- invocator with the scroll encounter. 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 I always get it wrong. Yeah, because you don't even get the uh, was it the Arcanum or Griff Charger is got the that uh, really cool spell, hasn't it, which allows you yeah, to. It's a uh, heal spell. Is it no? It's the commander. Oh, no, yeah, it allows right. you to have the double buff on the sequiturs. Yeah, so. <clears throat> or auto cast an evocator spell. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, there's lots of good options in there. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I just I think almost as one of you said, it's kind of he's tried to do a few too many things with the list. It hasn't quite focused on one theme, but it hasn't also got like the you know what your list always had, Les, of being. Yeah all round solid and doing everything a bit well. It just seems to have a bit of a, a random mix of a few units that don't quite synergize. Yeah. That's, that's so I, mean. I, I, I do like the idea of staunch defender though. I've definitely been playing around with a few staunch lists yeah. again, because as nice as the chambers are staunch is such an amazing ability. I remember yeah. uh, what the weekend that I played in the realm where rend didn't count against someone with staunch <laughs> defender and 20 sequiturs with uh, a castellan. Oh, uh, uh, wow. so, it, at the weekend, I played the new uh, Star Drake list against a Beastman army in that realm. <laughs> so is, that the Les, is that the Les Armstrong TM? The, the Les Armstrong. <laughs> yeah. uh, Les not, Armstrong, yeah. I love it. We're not talking about it just yet, but yeah, it's <laughs> no, it's, it's good. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, he did all right with it. To be fair, um, so that's all the lists. So I think we're. We're kind of close to running out of time. So uh, I think really what I'd like to do now is just ask you, Jack, if you were going, what would you take? 
So I actually, I have submitted a list because it was one of those, as I said, if all the stars aligned. Um, so in fairness, I actually think the list, if I'd really wanted to c- go and compete and do my best, I would have taken probably a similar Stormcast list to the one I gave Craig, um, mm. just because it's something I've taken and played with. But actually, I've just painted up a daughter's army just because I quite fancied them. And, you know, they're, they're pretty good and they may, their power may not last forever. So I've, I've submitted a daughter's army, which is slightly different to the one, again, everyone's been using. And I always, generally when I do that, I, I see something that's doing really well. And I think, actually, I think there's a slightly better or a slightly different take on that list. And yeah. so mine is one with 20 uh, Blood Sisters in, as well as a Blood Shrine, mm-hmm. as yeah, well I as love, all the sisters. I love those. Because what I think sometimes the daughters list it, it suffers a couple of things. So one is if you hit them before they're buffed, they're pretty useless before you have the witch brew. Whereas yeah. the blood sisters are actually good unbuffed, um, yeah. and then also they give you mortal wounds. So again, if you know if we look at some of these lists like that, Will Will's one with the sequiturs with a two up re-rolling, suddenly you you know the blood sisters are never going to kill them, but actually the mortal wounds will. So it's just it's things like that. It gives you something different. Whereas the three units of thirty sisters, it's just more of the same. You come up against yeah. a a one-up re-rollable Star Drake, he would just go through 90 sisters, sorry, 90 uh, witches. So, um, yeah, it's basically two units of 30 witches, a unit of 20 blood sisters, a hag queen on a um, cauldron, a uh, blood shrine, a couple of hags, and two units of doomfire warlocks, just to give you the, mm. the maneuverability and the casters for a place of arcane power. So if if I was going, that's what well, I I guess you're Hagnar, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And But also the <laughs> nice thing is you, you split your buffs, so um, yeah. your cauldron gives you the plus one armor save, but then your general is the Medusa because you need the blood sisters right. to be battle line. To battle but also line, it means yeah. but it, it just means you split your your buff, so you know you can't just kill one. You thing can't just kill one thing and break the army. Yeah. yeah. That's, so again, I like lists like that. I like the redundancy uh, built in when I write yeah, night haunt lists. I tend to do that. Yeah, it's, it's kind of do you want to stop the plus one armor save or do you want to stop the um, extra? Um, ignore wound save so it's kind of so yeah i quite like it. i mean i played against craig with it last night and it was quite a quick game <laughs> um yeah so no I, I i think it could be the reason well and i'll probably try and take it to a tournament at some point but and looking at these lists i mean there, you know I, I haven't played against the silver net lists and with the one drop and the maneuverability in the dryad they could do quite well against it and their ability to alpha you um but there's nothing here that i would say i wouldn't have game against so I think it could have been interesting, but never mind. I think, unfortunately, these two babies that I'm currently holding, because they won't even stay asleep <laughs> for two hours, uh, <laughs> means it's very unlikely. Who, who would have twins? Uh, yeah, well, we don't think it, you plan to have twins, do you? It's just, uh, you're like, oh, I have no. a baby, and you're like, oh, shit, I've got two now. Yeah, um, bog off. A couple of guys, we, <laughs> yeah, they, they literally. Uh, a guy at my work, the same thing happened to him, and it was quite amusing seeing the decline in his, uh, his uh, sort of, <laughs> general demeanor during during the morning over the over the year period it was quite amusing so uh, hopefully you're you're prepared i'm sure you can just eat an extra avocado a day and, and just suck it up because you're that kind of competitor in in all things Absolutely. Um, uh so uh, before we sort of wrap up then so let's just say okay let's ask a few questions who do yeah. you think is gonna win if you had to pick someone i know it's hard I know it's very random at the Masters. Yeah. Who would you pick? So I'll, I'll just do a slight rundown. So I think the top list, I think of the two Sylvaneth, the two Legion of Blood, so that's Laurie, Richie, Russ, Steve, and I actually really like Terry's list. Again, it's just... So I think they're kind of the top five in the running. And so then if I had to pick one, it would be you, Russ, and not just because I'm on your podcast. I just think the interesting thing about the Masters um, is most of the time you go to a tournament, 
and you know anyone who's ever won a tournament sometimes you play lots of really hard games and you win sometimes you get a bit of a bunny run and you play four easiest games and then you have one hard game and you know and you can win an event quite happily like that and i've done that many times as have you yeah. and other people i'm sure the thing about the masters is every game is the hardest game you play is your table one six yeah. times and actually if you if you're not used to that and you're used to playing four easy too hard it's bloody hard work and it's actually you know it's it's a different mindset to get into but actually you know you've you've done enough of that and so i, I would give you the slight edge on some of the other people who i think have although laurie again i know he's just come from the dorset masters and has done well again playing decent people consistently so he could be the other kind of the pick around that but i think having that experience of playing numerous very high level games consistently uh, might just give you the edge. So I'm going to give you the pick, Russ. It, you'll be a second double master, and then next year we can have a, a yeah. champion of champions. Yeah, we can just say, like, best, the first to three in it. So First first to three wins. <laughs> yeah, and then everyone else is kind of irrelevant, right? So it's fine. <laughs> we could, but yeah, I I think those, are, those are my kind of top five. With Gary, actually Gary also being, I think his yeah. list is really good. So, you know, maybe those six are my kind of the top six. don't know what your cool. guys' thoughts are. What do you think, Les? I actually think, and like this is going to be an outside one. I know he's a mate, but like I think if it isn't going to be, it's like my three that could win it. I think that I'd like to see win it would be like uh, Laurie. I think because he's playing really well, and it ha- I hate to say it, but he's playing really well at the moment. And because um, me and it, I give him so much shit anyway. Um, I'd like to see Laurie like do it, and I think he's got the the list that could do it i think you could easily win it russ again for the same reasons that jack has said because of the just the consistency of playing the the top players all the time you know um uh, i think again gary could do really well but like and obviously i'd love it everyone would love ian spink to win but i think i think if he gets i think if he gets his shit together and plays well i think terry could do it yeah i i i agree so for me um I think Terry's list has a it's different to the others and I think it, it's mm. it's really solid. He's played a lot with it. The only thing that will I think the only thing that will make Terry come unstuck is Terry. Yeah. When he plays so. someone that he he's kind of thinking I can't win this game and he maybe plays a little bit too defensively. And that's not that's not dissing him at all. It's just saying that he he tends to sometimes play very conservatively when he gets on that last game in the at the, the tournament. That might and to be honest, sometimes it works for him, but um I don't necessarily think it's the right decision. I just think he's done it and he's ended up getting the, the rub of the green in those circumstances. Um again I only say that because I know him very well and I watch his games and I you know, so I it's very easy to critique someone when you watch them a lot. So uh, but I think Terry I would love him to win it. I think it would be it would be really good for him to win that. Um, Gary Percival is uh, probably my top pick. Um, just think he is solid. He's got the the kind of the approach to the game you need to win the Masters, um, and I think he's got a very good list. Um, yeah, he's, think... he's very he's very methodical in how he plays, yeah. which is very kind of yeah. And and Jack there to stop him because that's generally what happens. Right? Yeah, I've not actually played Gary yet, so I, I would actually like to get the opportunity to play him, even though I don't like playing against that list. But um, I think yeah, very good. I think actually Steve Curtis is a very good player with a solid list, and I think he'll do very well with that. Um, Mike Wilson, I would love to see win, but I think 
he's um, maybe got a little bit too soft a list, and I think maybe he's not quite as um, driven as you need to be sometimes to to, to take the win out. Um, but I think uh, Laurie, again, solid, solid list, knows how it works, done very well, uh, could easily take it out. I mean, a lot of these games will swing on a dice roll, a priority <clears throat> roll, and it's not going to come down to mistakes. It's going to come down to the scenario, who you've played in that time, things like even like winning the side to deploy to decide who gets to go first, things like that will decide games. So it's yeah. very hard to predict, but I would I would say like I agree mostly with what Jack says, to be honest, obviously apart from myself. I don't want to big myself up too much. Uh, I would say that Laurie, good shout. Terry on an outside if he if he plays well. Um, so I agree with Les on that. Steve Curtis, I think, is an outside chance because he's kind of a bit of an unknown as well. So mm-hmm. I think he's um, he's solid. Um, Darren as well. I mean, even Darren. Oh, yeah, like, I was going to say, because if, if Darren gets some good rolls on his engines and against the, if he plays the Silver Neff and he out he wins the turn off to roll to deploy before them, he could flood the board, stop getting any trees, any mobility. He could easily beat them. So he's got a kind of list where he really could, he could win the whole thing or he could tank, you know, three games out of three. No, sorry, three out of six because, I, you know, just those single dice go against him. So it's, it's really, it's an interesting yeah, list. if he one drops against the Sylvaneth and floods the board, they're going to be in real trouble, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, which you could easily do. I think, um, I think for me, like, the even like, um, I think Dan Ford's list will probably give him quite a lot of, lot of trouble as well. I think a few people have geared to face against Sylvaneth mm. because they know that they're going to be there. Yeah, and, and so they, and they and they play in a very specific style. Yes, and they they're playing identical lists. I mean, so yeah. if you've planned for Laurie's list, you've automatically planned for Richie's list. So I think if it was me, I probably would have tried to do something different with the book, um, just to catch people out. Um, but I, I mean, it, it some something to be said for sticking to the thing that got you there. And just playing it, and I think maybe that might be Ben Savar's downfall, because I think, to be honest, I think his slaughter troop mixed daughters list is really good, and he plays it really yeah. well. And no, I, think I think he was think just he was getting into his stride, yeah. and he's just, I, I don't know for whatever reason, just decided to do, play Nighthaunt. Maybe it's no, more a hobby thing than anything. But he'd have been a pick for a podium if he brought his uh, daughters. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think that's the rundown. We'll f- we'll find out what happens, won't we? I mean. Yeah. We're, um, we're all, of course, be massively wrong. I still remember, I can't remember. It was many years ago. It was one where everyone was predicting Ben Curry, who was having a very good year and was do, you know, doing very well in tournaments. He was going to do well at the Masters, and he came 16th. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> I, I'm just waiting for you to put that in, I was going to say. <laughs> you, yeah. you remember that? Isn't that I remember year? that. I then... remember that very well. Um... And he, he then had someone else had to write his master, his um, GT final list for him, yeah. didn't he? Because they had a bet who would come higher. So Which he had a two uh... kings. Two kings, kings with Khalid with, with no archers. With no archers. <laughs> <laughs> Double bone giant, I think he had as well. Brilliant. Um, so I, I mean, to be honest, like the I remember the first Masters when um, Martin Bunting, we though. Martin Bunting won it with the uh, this is this is old school. So if you, you didn't play old Warhammer, this might mean a lot to you. But he, I remember call, calling using the horn to pull Ben Johnson's orc war boss on Wyvern into the unit. Um and then with the challenge mechanic and then with the minuses to hit he just couldn't hit the wild rider and he got run down and that that was the game that that won that 
<laughs> and there was some really interesting lists that went there. Um, there was someone who ran a big horde, a big block of flesh hounds with heralds on it, and it was a really, it was a really great atmosphere that first Masters. And people took off the wall armies on purpose. Apart from Ben Curry, who took the cutting edge uh, Wood Elves and finished <laughs> bottom. Um, in the bottom two, I think. Um, so uh, yeah, I must not... say that's the one. The one positive I think about this Masters is looking at those lists. There's a really interesting variety. You've got all four factions. You haven't even know you've got a couple of similar pairs lists, but actually you've pretty much got sixteen different lists, and nothing is too. There's nothing you look at and go that's broken or that's you know that's abusive, which is really nice. Mm. And it's you know it's really positive to all the players who are going, and actually makes me really think. Oh, I wish I could go and just play these people, and and they're all generally nice people. It should be friendly games. I think it'd be a really nice atmosphere. Yeah, I think so. Um, I I really um, I'm really looking forward to seeing. I mean, I, I do, I do think the Stormcast lists are a bit, a bit toxic, but I'm not, you know, that's just my general feeling. Um, well, I'm, I'm playing Legion, so I can't be too uh, critical. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think for me, the mix of players, the mix of armies, and where the meta is right now, I think it's going to be a really interesting event. Um, so, really, really looking forward to getting there and and just just trying my. Uh, pushing my toys around really and having fun uh which is what it's about at the end of the day so yeah i i always took the masters as a, as a bit of a relaxed event where you play good players and you're just there to hone a list for the next season um i haven't done that this time uh but it's just i just thought i'd take a different death army to what i have played with um so at the team event i didn't get a real chance to really get to use it so uh, hopefully, I get a bit more opportunity to uh, to try it out because the team event. A lot of my games didn't go the distance because I played a lot of armies with lots and lots and lots of models on the table. Um, you know, ninety Grim Gas in one, a hundred Secretors in another, um, <laughs> twenty Secretors for two up rerollable ignoring rend. Um, you can imagine the kind of. Uh, the kind of the pulling teethness of those sort of games. I, I don't um, know why everyone's so upset about the Six Nations and ETC. It sounds horrible. <laughs> well, this was the Warhammer World one, so I don't know what's going to happen when we get to get to Serbia. But there you go. I, I know everyone's going to copy and paste those lists. Uh, probably. <laughs> um, so hopefully there'll be some penalties on time. If uh, yeah, it, it, yeah, the the ETC. <laughs> yeah. Um, although to be fair, like you know that. It it wasn't too bad to be honest, but it's uh, okay. cool. Um, well, thank you very much for coming on, Jack. And um, no, it's a pleasure. Um, obviously, congratulations again on your new arrivals. And unfortunately, you can't retain the Masters to be the only player to be the Master for three times um, in the UK, which is a shame. But I'm sure next year you'll be back. Uh, well, oh, depending well. on how many tournaments you, you can get to four events, you can get your four hundred right. Yeah, absolutely. Don't have to waste any. <laughs> exactly. You should want to be efficient, right? Absolutely. Why go to a yeah. tournament and not win it? It's just pointless. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I'm, so, I'm so good at crash and burn this year after saying that. Aren't yeah. It's like, it's, it's always... like going to a tournament and naming your team winners. <laughs> you, yeah, exactly. You know why Jack Jack does well? Because uh, he sticks around for the award ceremony. <laughs> Otherwise, he's, like, he's just gone. He's like a ghost. It's just gone. Well, I, it's because I've got to go and buy a tournament on the way home, otherwise Sonny won't let me through the door. Yeah, <laughs> so we'll go yeah you've got to go a get a trophy from somewhere, uh, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think I've got a box full in my garage. You could borrow some of them if you want. I'm sure you've oh, got enough. <laughs> <laughs> I just recycle the ones I've got. She doesn't realise the difference. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's careful. She might listen. No, uh, 
Right, okay, well, I think that about wraps it up. So um, thanks for listening, and uh, thanks for coming on again, Jack, and uh, we'll see, cool. good, see what happens. Good luck, everyone, at the Masters. I can't wait to follow it. Please, everyone who's there, tweet or do some coverage. We'll try, we'll try. He's got it on Instagram, hasn't he, as well? So Yeah, no, I'll definitely be following that. Yeah, I'm tempted to drive down for the Saturday and uh, just uh, have a look. I'm not sure yet. I'm trying to make my mind up. Just, just sit on sit Terry's by... table and yeah. shout abuse at him. Just, just stare uh, into his eyes. Just sit at his table and stare into his eyes. Throw stuff at Laurie whilst we're there. I might as, you, as you swipe right on your phone or whatever. Yeah, stand <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, yeah, we'll be back no. soon with another show um so let's know what you think and uh, i'm gonna actually get ben on the show next um to talk about obviously he does a lot for the community and how he got into doing that so uh watch the space for that and uh this year uh just quickly before we sign off this year we're going to be um doing a lot more kind of uh interviews with people from the community we want to kind of engage uh with more people and and do shorter shows um and also keep our big shows especially around battle tone reviews um face hammer gt has been announced on the um 21st and 22nd of september uh, element games uh, tickets will go on sale in february we will announce all that information soon uh and obviously south coast gt uh please support us um you know that's in April uh, uh, down in Portsmouth, um, and I'm running that with Dan Heelan and Wayne from previous Heelan Hammer fame. So uh, we'll, I want to get do a show with Dan to talk about the event and and the history of that as well. Just a little, maybe a little bit self uh, self promotion, but you know it's uh, hopefully that'll be interesting for people. Uh, there's a lot of new people on the scene uh, into AOS, and and I think it's a good time to try and uh, engage with them and and find out a little bit more about these new groups of people that have, have sprung up. So. Um, yeah watch this space uh, thanks for listening and uh, we'll speak to you soon to make sure you don't miss out on any more hammer to your face subscribe to us on itunes add our rss feed to your reader and follow us on twitter at facehammer underscore we hope you enjoyed the show if you'd like to give us some feedback we'd love to hear from you thanks for listening <laughs>